This is your home for the Brian Hanks Show and the VSIN Sports Network. Bet on the Bull, WRNS Kinston. All right. Welcome to the second hour of the Brian Hanks Show. We're moving around here. Some pieces coming up. Matt Beeman's going to join me back here when Jock and Brian exit stage left. You like that, didn't you? And we're going to see how this goes. Uh, this is new to me. I appreciate you joining. Um, everybody listening, um, if you're listening out there, call and tell me. Send me a text. Let me know how I'm doing. Uh, we got a jam-packed hour ahead. Hey, Brian, I need – Brian, I do need one thing um, real quick. Uh, yeah, this is – Brian's going to show me what I need to do to get out. Matt – Sit right over there and put on a headset. Hey, Brian, I need you to show me which button. It's this one, right? Brian was supposed to uh, have labeled this thing for me, and he didn't do what he said he was going to do. This is the close. Hey, Matt. Hey, how are you doing? What's up, buddy? How was how was the uh, drive in from Snow Hill? No issues at all. I know, man. I, I was like, Matt's going to back out on me. He was already talking last night. He's like, oh, the weather's too bad. And I'm like... There's no weather going to be bad. Come on, man. It's going to be rain. You can count on me. I know, man. So is this the uh, – me and Brian were having a little argument. Uh, Brian says this is your first time, and you tell me it's not the first it's time. It's my second time. Boom. Oh, he's so mad. But, but Brian's never invited me to you know, spend a whole hour on the show. So. Oh, he hadn't? No, he hadn't. You're my boy, Matt. <laughs> you know how we do it, right? That's right. So tell me what's going on. Tell me about uh, – not being able to play uh, tonight, and then uh, you're rescheduling um, things. Yes, uh, like I said, school was canceled today. So if school's canceled, obviously we cannot play. Uh, we looked at moving it to Friday. Uh, couldn't they couldn't guarantee us officials? Reached out to Wake Christian, and they said that they didn't even know if they could play on Friday if we could get officials. Yeah. So we were, we canceled it. It's an eleven man non conference game. From here on out, will be eight man conference, and we just didn't want to sandwich an eleven man game, yeah, yeah. you know, in the middle of an eight man schedule because it's not that easy going back and forth, especially in one week. Yeah. So we just decided to bang it, and we'll start conference play next Friday. So what we're going to do is uh, we're going to honor, you know, what we have with you guys, and we're going to make the playoffs and get a home game, so I don't have to travel, and it costs me any more money. But there you go. We're going to go ahead and do week one of the postseason and, and then see where it goes from there to make up this game. So sponsors and everybody will see the parity and what we're trying to do um, with the Davis Wholesale Tire Game of the Week. So I just wanted to – I think I told you that, but I wanted to throw it out there. That that sounds great. Hopefully we can get you a home game. Yeah. So so tell me a little bit about 11-man. And, and before I do that, at 8-10, Matt, we're going to call – um, you know, we just switched over to the VSIN network, and we're going to uh, have Matt Eumann's, uh senior editor and host of VSIN tonight, is going to join us. He'll be our first um, ever VSIN guest on the Brian Hank show since we made the switch over. And um, we're just going to talk to him for about 10, 15 minutes about obviously huge week. College football starts, what, tonight? Yes, yes. And uh, yeah, just see what's going on from there. But just how. Did, I know first week wasn't ideal, but we talked off the air, tell everybody really good football team mm-hmm. that you played up there. Just a little bit about that and then we'll uh and then we'll go from there. Yeah, we uh like I say, first three games are eleven man. I think that really helps us build depth. 
six extra guys, you know, on the on the field at a time. We ran into a buzzsaw in Harrell's. I mean, very good team, very well coached. They were bigger, faster, stronger. We had a young, uh, we had some young pieces and some new positions, and I think we were kind of a little shell shocked. Uh, so you know, we were told the guys that you, you know you find out what kind of team you got once you face a little adversity. And yeah. I said, if we wanted to go three and zero, I could schedule us three eight man games where we could go three and zero going to yeah. the conference. I said, but that's not what we're doing. We're trying to, you know, I want you to face some adversity in non conference play. And I thought we came out really well and responded well against Northwest Halifax. You know, had a 43-6 lead at halftime. Got to get a lot of guys some playing time in the second half. So I think the 11-man schedule did exactly what we needed it to do. Uh, we showed that we could compete with some 11-man schools. And uh, then we did face some adversity running into, you know, the juggernaut at Harrell's. I think Harrell's is going to make a run at the NCISA 11-man Division Two championship. So what's bigger when you play 11-man? Is it four – the confidence of your kids to to show them that they could compete if they had to play 11-man football? Or is it you building that depth so when you get into the the meat of the season, you you feel more comfortable putting some kids in some spots, whether it be injury-related or you just need to change? Yeah, I mean, I think it's – does both. Uh lets them know because, I mean, they hear, you know, you play eight-man football, you know, you're not real football. Yeah. So I think it does them good to play some 11-man and show that we can we can compete with, you know, some of the 1A public schools, you know, and possibly some 2A public schools. Because, you know, a lot of people don't realize we got 200 kids in the high school and people want to know why we don't go play schools with six, 700 kids in them. Uh, and then it does the depth. I mean, it's, it's huge. Uh, it really helps us. Uh, when we get to eight-man, I mean, we're going to have – very few guys going both ways, and I think that really helps us uh, come 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 at conference schedule time. Yeah, I've uh, I've said it very publicly here, and I believe it. You know, Kinston's got better numbers than North Lenore and South Lenore do, but South Lenore is a team that they compete early in the year, whether it be because of the schedule, maybe has something to do with it. But my opinion is, is there their starters and skill positions are just as capable as anybody else in the area. The issue becomes when they um, get into the season, they get an injury, they don't have that quality backup that's the same skill level to go into that position. I think that matters. Oh, it's huge. I mean, like that's why I tell people. We can we can play eleven man for a few games, but we don't have the depth to play eleven man for a ten game schedule. Uh, yeah. We we had to move. I mean, we really only have true three true offensive linemen. So we've had to move who a guy who's going to be a start receiver for us in eight man. We had to move him to right tackle. I mean, we have we just the depth is really limited. I think we can compete at the skill positions, but we're where we're not ready uh, for eleven man full schedule is the guys up front. We just do not have the depth, do not have the, the big boys up front to, it, to compete eleven man. I mean is that I know a couple of years ago when y'all first, you know, stuck your toes on the water with eleven man, it was one game a year and now it seems like you're trying to schedule as many as you can. Is that something you're gonna continue to do as long as the numbers stay where they need? Yes, as long I think we've got 23 kids on varsity this year. Uh, so, and then we, when we dress our freshmen, we dress around 30. But you know, only one we move one freshman up full time. The other freshmen aren't ready to play true varsity football. But our non-conference schedule, my plan is uh, to schedule all 11 man early in the year uh, to let the guys get some film. The guys that want to play in college, they can get some 11 man film, uh, and then it, like I said, it just helps us build depth going into eight man. So. So you get into conference, what, next week? Next week. 
And who who do you have next week? Liberty Christian, uh, first year program. Uh, they're out of Richlands. Got a lot of excitement over there. I think I saw them on the on Channel Twelve. Brian yeah. North did a story on them last night, so they're excited. I think it'll be their home opener, so first ever game at their place. So uh, it'll be an exciting night. So what is what do their numbers look like based on what you've seen? I think he said he has around eighteen players. Really? Mm-hmm. See, Jones Seniors in the same. I wish the North Carolina High School Athletic Association would do something for those small schools that want to play and just get get them to where they can be amongst talent and let them truly compete because right now they can't, man. Yeah, we uh, we scrimmaged Jones Sr. at a jamboree, and I told our coach, I said, man, you, you would have a pretty good eight-man team. I said, yeah. you just don't have the depth to have a good 11-man team. And then Rocky Mount Prep was there. They had 14 kids. You know as well as I know, they're not going to make it through an 11-man season with 14 kids. Uh, and Jones Sr., like I said, has some pieces. I mean, they got a couple good athletes that you put them in an eight-man setting, they would be pretty do, do pretty well. Beargrass was there. Even East Carteret was there. He said his numbers were dropping. And they all said if the NCHSA would, would create an eight-man league, that they would go eight-man. They said yeah. that they do want play, something to play for. You know, you want a playoff. And, yeah, you know, of course something. you do. And – and I mean that's that's the perk in everything we do. I mean, even in my work, I want I want a bonus. Well, yeah, guess what? That right. bonus is is like a playoff, right? Yeah, exactly. So you want to do that? And I don't know, man. I mean, I was on the zero and eleven North and North team in '95 that we just got manhandled. Yeah. We didn't have numbers, and I would have loved that opportunity just to just to be in a competitive game and just win that one. So I I think it just means a little bit different to everybody. But we're gonna um. We'll let you talk for a second. I'm going to get my man up right here, give him a call, and see what we can do. Let me see if this works, Matt. All right. I know this is terrible radio. Giving him a call now. But just, I mean, what do you – here we go. Joining us live on the Spence Automotive guest line is Matt Eumann, senior editor and host of VSIN Tonight. How are you, Mr. Humans? It's very early in uh, Vegas, but I'm still wide awake. How are you? Wow, man. You're in Vegas? She told me you were on the East Coast. Oh, no. I'm in Vegas. Well, man, I appreciate it. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry that it worked out like that. I will be out in Vegas next week, so I'm sure somebody will pay me back and call me on East Coast time. But, hey, man, we want to welcome <laughs> you and the VSIN Network to right here on our newly branded radio station, Bet on the Bull 960 and BetOnTheBull.com. We are, Matt, the first full-time VSIN affiliate in the state of North Carolina. So, welcome. Tell us a little bit about the VSIN Network and what you guys do. Hey, it's great to have you guys in the family. Yeah, the thing is uh, about VSIN, we're, we're kind of the sports betting version of ESPN. And uh, we launched this network six and a half years ago with Brent Musburger as the face of the network. And, uh, you know, at that point in time, I think we had eight hours a day of uh, live TV and radio shows. And right now we're doing about 18, 20 hours. I think it's right, right around 20 hours a day of live shows. And uh, we, we talk about all the games and all the leagues from a betting perspective. We have a website where you can find a, a lot of great sports betting content, vsin.com. Uh, you, you can find write-ups on a lot of the games, a lot of picks. So if uh, you're interested in betting, this is a uh, great network to be a part of because uh, we, have, we have a lot of great hosts 
and knowledgeable guests to talk about all the games from a betting perspective. So, uh, you know, with the spread of sports gambling on a legal basis across the country over the last five years, uh, this is a place you want to be. We're, you're not going to find a bunch of hot takes and stuff like this, a lot, a lot of BS on our network. You're going to find a lot of good information and a lot of good sports betting information. So being in uh, Carolina Panthers country here, uh, uh, you're not going to be talking about what Cam Newton's wearing in the press conference. We're going to talk no. about what's wrong with him and, and, and why he can't get the job done, right? Uh, I was never a big fan of the way Cam Newton showed up to his press conferences. Uh, kind of looked like a clown a lot of times. But, you know, Cam was a former league MVP, and he had some uh, he had some great days. I just think uh, yeah, his best days are in the past. Hopefully Bryce Young develops and turns into a franchise quarterback for the Panthers. Cause I liked him so much when he was in Alabama. I think a, a high IQ quarterback, hard worker, great kid. You're gonna, he's going to give you his best effort. And he's, he's got those intangibles where uh, how many games did he kind of pull a rabbit out of the hat last year and um, save Alabama when it looked like uh, uh, Bama was going to be in big trouble. I'll say not last year, even the last two years. I think Bryce Young made a big difference for Nick Saban. And uh, hopefully he can carry that over to the next level. There are a lot of people who think he's too small to succeed and uh, really be a star quarterback in the NFL, but I'm – I'm willing to bet on Bryce Young. I just think uh, the, the Carolina Panthers need to improve that offensive line in front of them, too. Yeah, you took the words right out of my mouth. The size thing doesn't yeah. bother me because we've heard that before. <clears throat> Excuse me. With other quarterbacks, I mean, I, I'm not ready to compare him to Patrick Mahomes or, or Russell Wilson, mm-hmm. but the same stature and the same size. But definitely they need to work on the offensive line and building some, something that can keep him upright and, and, and let him do what he needs to do. Yeah, from what I've seen in the preseason, that offensive line needs a lot of work. And if you can put a young quarterback behind a mediocre to bad offensive line, you can't expect great results. So um, that's one thing. You know, you see Jalen Hurts and his development with the Philadelphia Eagles. What's the key to that? Uh, Probably a great offensive line in front of him and great skill position players around him. And uh, the Panthers still have a ways to go in what they put around Bryce Young. Well, today's a big day with, uh, I guess, last week was week zero for college football. So, mm-hmm. I guess we're officially into week one going into tonight. What stands out to you as um, the biggest story or, or or something we need to watch going into week one? Obviously, we're we're in uh, East Carolina or ECU country here um, in Eastern North Carolina, uh, big ACC country as well. What's something that you've seen that just jumps out at you going into week one? I'll tell you one thing that jumps out at me is uh, there's so many elite teams in college football that have new starting quarterbacks. Alabama being one, Georgia another, Ohio State. You know, you go on down the line, there's so many. And even East Carolina is replacing uh, probably the greatest quarterback in franchise or in or program history. You're talking about Holton Aylers, who had 28 TD passes last year. You had so many good teams replacing star quarterbacks and, uh, you, know, you don't know what to expect from uh, a lot of these new quarterbacks. And, you know, I think North Carolina's got the second-best quarterback in college football coming back, and that's uh, going to be the Tar Heels' big advantage. I was at the Holiday Bowl in San Diego, and I watched Drake May and the Tar Heels against Oregon when they were 13-point underdogs. North Carolina should have won that game, lost to 28-27. But you've got two guys who are cr- clearly head and shoulders above the rest, and Caleb Williams at USC 
and Drake May at North Carolina. And then you have a lot of elite teams breaking in new quarterbacks. So it's going to be interesting to see how those new guys play. You know, there's a team I'm really high on in the Big Ten in Penn State. But uh, Nittany Lions also breaking in a new quarterback, you know, so you're going to see that across the country with a lot of these elite teams, new QBs. So what week will they start talking about Heisman and give us some Heisman odds so we can uh, have a little fun with well, that? Well, you've got the Heisman odds out now. They're out. They're out. So they've been out for quite a while. Who do you want to bet on, Drake May? <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I, I would. I mean, I don't see why not. I mean, he's – it's like you said. I think he's going to be one of the best quarterbacks that uh, that Tar Heels have ever had, if if not already. I mean, he's just he, he's special. I mean, I I couldn't agree with you more. I think he, I think Carolina should have won that game against Oregon in the Holiday Bowl, and I just think he gets even better. But I think the thing with him is with this ni nil money that got thrown at him, and he wants to be a Tar Heel. I think that's going to be very dangerous for teams that are going to have to play uh, Carolina this year. Yeah, not only that, but Carolina's got nine offensive starters back, including Drake May, and then eight starters back on defense. So I think this is going to be a really good Carolina team. That said, I'm probably not going to bet Carolina this week because this game against South Carolina and Charlotte is going to be a tough way to open the season. I, I do like the Tar Heels a little bit in the game, but, man, I like the South Carolina team a lot too. So, uh, you know, there's some really good games in week one. We didn't have many or any really marquee matchups in week zero. Uh, but we're going to have some really good matchups in week one. I think North Carolina, South Carolina is one of them. Tar Heels, two-and-a-half-point favorites on a neutral field. Uh, you know, another great matchup this week is going to be LSU-Florida State. That's probably the biggest bet game of uh, everything on the board this weekend. Yeah, give me give me a reason why I should or should not take ECU minus 36-and-a-half at the big house this week. And I say that jokingly. I'm not going to touch that game with anything, but 36-and-a-half points is a lot of points. Yeah. Uh, in fact, I, I'm, I'm leaning East Carolina in that one. I think I would take points with Pirates. Now, I wouldn't jump on the 36 right away because a lot of times what happens in the first week of college football season, the public likes to bet the favorites. So you're going to see those numbers on the underdogs go up. By Saturday morning, East Carolina might be plus 38. Uh, so, and obviously, it's a more valuable number to have. I, I like uh, Mason Garcia, the new quarterback for the Pirates. Now, you've only got 10 starters back in that football team. Um, but I still think uh, an eight-win team from a year ago getting 36 points is a hell of a lot of points. Jim Harbaugh is not going to be coaching. His offensive coordinator is also suspended for this game. And uh, it's kind of one of those break-and-sweat games for Michigan where the Wolverines would get up big, you would think, and probably take their foot off the gas. But with uh, Mason Garcia, you've got the potential to put points on the board late in the game, get a backdoor cover. And uh, that's one where I would agree with you. I I would look to take 36 or even uh, before the game. Who knows? You might get 38 points with the Pirates. I would probably take the big dog there. That's Matt Humans from the VSIN Network joining us here live on the Brian Hank Show. Matt, we've just introduced um, the local uh, college football betting guide um, here on BetOnTheBull.com. First time we've done it. Can you just tell our listeners a little bit about those betting guides and, and, and what it entails uh, that VSIN puts out? Sure. You know, you read a lot of college football preseason magazines and uh, – 
what you're going to get with the VSIN guide is a little bit different because we break down every team the way you see in most other magazines, but we also add the betting uh, information to it, like the season win total, uh, point spreads, all sorts of different projections, and uh, we have betting trends, uh, all sorts of different betting information that you will not get in any other preseason magazine. So you're going to get, I think it's actually the most valuable preseason magazine out there because we break down the personnel, the schedule, and uh, makes all sorts of uh, projections based on numbers and opinions. And it's all based on a uh, a sports betting uh, slant. So if uh, if you're into betting, this this uh, preseason magazine that we put out of VSIN is going to be more valuable to you than what you're going to find at the local bookstore, that's for sure. Awesome. Well, Matt, thank you on your way out. If, if mm-hmm. you would, just tell people where they can see you at and, and how they can listen and, and see you. And uh, I'll let you get out of here, buddy. No, it was great to be on with you this morning and uh, great to have uh, – your station on because i heard about that recently too in north carolina i'll tell you why you can watch all of our shows on youtube tv you can find the vsin network on youtube tv and other streaming platforms as well but just go to vsin.com check out the website because you already got a lot of stories and columns and you can watch videos from uh, all of our shows up there too like i said we have about 20 hours a day of uh, live sports betting uh, tv and radio shows so it's a great way for you to uh, follow the college football and NFL seasons. Matt, I'd love to have you back. Thanks for your time, and uh, have some fun this weekend with uh, college football. Okay, you too. You bet. Thanks. Yes, sir. So, that was pretty cool. Guy gets up at, I mean, what time is it out there if it's 820 here? What? 520? I can tell you. 520? Three hours? Actually, yeah, man, 520. Yeah. Wow. I'm jealous. I would like to be in Vegas right now. I'm going next week. Oh, man, must be nice. Yeah. Uh, yeah, we're taking a trip. I, I've never been. Oh, wow. You'll so, love it. You'll love it. So, Where are you staying? Uh, we're staying at the Flamingo. Okay. The oldest. Yep, I've seen it. Oldest one on the strip. Um, they talk about pool parties. We're not going to go there on the on this show. But, uh, yeah, man, I mean, we like to play um, slots. And I like to play cards a little bit. So, we're going to go. And, um yeah, we'll see what happens. I've never been. Uh, the couple that's going with us has booked Gordon Ramsay's Steakhouse, and I looked at the prices. I'm not really happy about that. But. Better, you better win some money. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, we'll get it. But let's talk a little college football. What? It, I mean, what excites you? I mean, it's here, man. I yeah, mean, man, best time of the year, man. I love Saturdays. I mean, can't Doug get any better than uh, man? We we all, football. We always go to the beach on Labor Day weekend, and. You know, the kids are playing on the beach, and, like, 12 o'clock, I, like, slide back up to the trailer. I, yep, get, yep. I get my position. I, I think I'll end up putting a TV outside on the porch this week. But, I mean, it's just be- – it, it's awesome for me. College football is the – I'm a big college basketball dude, too, but I can't just watch anybody play college basketball. I can watch any college football game at any point in time. It doesn't matter. I agree. Same way. College basketball is just, you know, the schools I pull for. Yeah, but yeah. College football, I watch any. If it's a good football game, I watch it. I mean, I can tell you, if Toledo's playing Bowling Green and it's the first game on, I'm I'm watching it till I get another one. But I mean, there's so much good stuff. I mean, he, uh, the guy we just had on talked about it. He talked about Florida State and LSU. I mean, that is a huge game in Week One. Yes, it is. Like, how would you like to be the coach and know that you had a game that big Week One that early? If you lose it, you might be out in the national championship picture. 
it's or or the way it works if you get hot and 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 that's your only loss and the other yep. team goes undefeated i mean that could be your straight ticket i mean it all depends on how good your opponents are the way the college football playoff model is yeah you're exactly right um and then ecu oh. that's that's I, I wouldn't touch that one on the betting side but uh it, you know, I, I don't know. You know, it's a lot of unanswered questions for ECU this year. I mean, replacing Aylers, Keaton Mitchell. I mean, I mean, how good is he going to end up being? I mean, they just Seattle just kept him and signed him to the practice squad. Okay. I, I yeah. see him. I see him on that roster before the end of the year. I, I do too. And then Keaton Mitchell made the fifty-three man roster for uh, the Ravens, and they cut I think Melvin Gordon to keep him. So that tells you they they see a lot of a lot of good things in him. He was I, very electric. I always liked Holt Nailers. I thought, not since Mike Houston's been there, because I think he steadily progressed with Houston and his coaching staff, but his first couple of years there, I think if he would have gone to a bigger school, he'd have been a bigger name and been further along in the process because I don't think he got what he needed those first couple of seasons in Greenville. No, he didn't. I, I know – State was recruiting, and Dave Dorn told him, if you come to NC State, you'll be a Heisman Trophy contender. And I think he had that type of potential if he had went to the right place. But I'm glad he went to ECU, obviously. Yeah, you know, I mean, he great career. He could have never gone to State being with his dad's ECU ties and him yeah, being that, from that Green, but he could have gone to State. That been tough. But, I mean, he was being recruited by, I mean, other schools, wasn't he? Yes, he was. He, he, was, he had a lot of offers, a lot of offers. Whoo. 24 minutes in. 24 minutes in. 26. We're going to make it. But, yeah, it's going to be different. Uh, We have uh, ECU season tickets win all their home games last year. So, you know, they were really close. What people don't realize, they were really close to having a 10-win season. I mean, they should have beat Navy. I mean, should have beat NC State. I mean, there was a lot of games that they should have won. And, I mean, they were close to having that special year. Uh, So, it's going to be different this year. I'm interested to see how Mason Garcia – I was listening to a – interview uh coach's corner you know with yep. mike houston and he he wouldn't name his starting quarterback yeah. you know but i'm sure it's yeah why do you guys do that uh, hey, any, why is it such, any advantage you think you can get you, why is you it such a secret that. i mean they're gonna know when they're out there warming oh, up oh yeah they'll see it they'll see it but i mean i guess if you don't know as a defense you've got to prepare for both guys because if you if you prepare prepare for just one and they throw you a curveball it could could change things yeah um ECU, I've been following ECU since the mid-90s when I was graduating high school and, and moved to Greenville to go to Pitt Community College because I wanted to be in the ECU um, footprint. But they always they always play up to their competition, no matter who the coach is. Yep. And I think all of them would tell you that. No matter who the coach is, they always play up to their competition and down to their competition. And this Michigan game is one – that if I wasn't going to Vegas and didn't want to chance it, I would probably bet on ECU in the 36 to 38-point range like Matt Humans was talking about just because of that factor. Yep. It's week one. Everybody's healthy. There's, I mean. Depth's not. It shouldn't be an issue. Should not be an issue. And, and I mean, this is the biggest game that these kids will play in their four years going to the big house. A, the big house. I mean, what is it now? One hundred seven, hundred nine thousand. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Danny Rice's seats are in row ninety two. Think about that. Wow, wow. But I mean, it's like I want to know how many rows there are because row ninety two is like that's up there. Yeah. So, I mean, I think they cover the points, 
I mean, can they make it or can they keep it within a three score range? I don't know. Yeah, I, I I was thinking they would, and then I've been listening and hearing, and everybody tells me how good Michigan is. They got tw- over twenty players are going to get drafted in the NFL draft. So the most talented team in college football, and then that kind of puts a little doubt in my mind. Yeah, but then you hear, it's like he just said, Harbaugh's out, offensive coordinator is out. Yeah. I mean, that's like, a, that's a big do deal. they do they panic or do they have a script and say, this is what we're going to do in the first quarter. And we're going to go ahead and get up, and then we're going to put it on cruise control. I don't know the answer to that question. I'm I'm not that smart to be a football coach. That seems like I would do. I would almost script the plays. I guarantee you, their first ten, twelve plays are scripted. Uh, you know, by by Jim Harbaugh, an offense coordinator, and then I think it, after that, though, I think it's going to be whoever's calling the plays is going to have to have but, to step up. But does ECU get a turnover and score on defense? Do they? Do they? get a couple big plays on offense to catch them sleeping and keep it close, and then the offensive coordinator and the interim head coach is in panic mode and do that? Ah, yeah. I don't know, Matt. I mean, it's an interesting conversation. I mean. It is. It is. Uh, it's, you know you know those guys are nervous. I mean, being put in that situation. And I think the longer the game goes, if ECU can stay in striking distance, I think it would favor ECU with, the, with their experience in the coaching staff. Brian's internet is not working on my computer, and I am. I want to talk. I want to talk some ACC football, but without me getting the, um, st- you know, the schedules up, I, I mean, we can't talk about it. Who who does State play this weekend? Do they have Notre Dame this weekend, or is it next weekend? I don't think they have Notre Dame. I know the big one. Uh, Florida State plays uh, LSU. Uh, okay. That, yeah, everybody's telling me how good Florida State's going to be. I think you're going to find out early. Uh, NC State plays Connecticut. Elon plays Wake Forest. Miami of Ohio plays Miami of Florida. So not not a lot of big well, games there. Yeah, that state game is actually tonight, Matt. Okay, okay. It says today at seven thirty. It doesn't give me a watching option, which concerns me a little bit. I wonder, I wonder what that is. But then, you know, most of the games are not appealing week one, but. I mean, some of them are like like I am really intrigued with that Florida State LSU game, and all the hype that's on Florida State. They've been down. I don't know if they're just grasping for any headlines or if they're really going to be that good. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of people that think they're going to be that good. Another one that's uh, tricky, and I've heard some people say Duke might pull off the upset. Duke plays Clemson uh, Monday night. Why does the ACC do that? Why would you put a conference game? On a um, Monday, Monday well, it's not night. just the Monday night that bothers me, but why, why a conference one. game in week one? Man, I nobody. Like, I don't like it. No, I mean it's terrible. I mean, but Duke has their coach. That guy, that guy should have been, I mean, nationally recognized, and I think he did get some national publicity and some interest. But he did a heck of a job stepping in for Duke last year, and I think they got a quarterback that it is going to hang around and make some noise, but. Wow, Clemson. Yeah, I mean, Clemson, you got to think they're going to get back to that level, but, you know, they just, they've just they been struggling to do it since Trevor Lawrence left. And, you know, how good is, how good is the, their quarterback? Now, that's the question mark. Well, that's what happens when you lose that gener- or that, what do you call it, generational talent. Yes, I mean. I, I think that's had, thrown out there. They had two back-to-back. 
But one, yeah, I mean, they really did. I mean, two elite guys that are in the NFL today, uh, you know. But one thing you got to look with Clemson, they got Garrett Riley hired as the offense coordinator, and I mean that dude's good. I mean, look at his look at his brother. Look what he did last year with TCU, and you can't tell me that Clemson doesn't have as much talent as TCU. Yeah, you they know? do. I mean, they got to have the athletes that TCU has. So I'm, I'm excited to see their offense. I think that that was a good hire by by Dabo. Absolutely, and then you got. I mean, no, no really other big other, games. No, there's not. Um, you know, most of them roll, but that LSU Florida State game, and then, I mean, I want to see what Virginia and Tennessee looks like. Yeah, I'm yeah. a little bit intrigued by that game. Like, is it going to be SmackDown City, or is it going to be close? Then it gets away, or is it going to be close all the way through? I don't, I don't know. There's so many things up in the air. Who's your, uh, who do you generally pull for in the NFL? NFL, I'm not a die Carolina Panthers just because they're local. I'm not a diehard NFL guy. Now I play, do all the fantasy, watch all the games, but I just like good football. Uh, you know, I'm not a diehard anybody NFL. Yeah, I mean, I'm a Panthers guy too. I w- I was really, I was really into it when when Cam was there. Um, I was really excited when Tepper bought the team, and now I'm kind of like. Uh, they have no weapons on that offense. I mean, Bryce Young, I feel sorry for him. I mean, he's in a tough spot. I mean, I mean, I was looking at their, their roster and who they had when I was doing my fantasy draft, and I was like, man. Yeah, my only hope is there's somebody that we just don't know about. Yeah, there's got to be. I mean, there's got to be something that they're happy about because they're not going in to their meetings and drawing up plays for people they're not – I mean, they cannot be truly excited, but they there's got to be some light at the end of the tunnel for them to be excited about. Got to be, got to be. I mean, I, I I hope so. Bryce Young, like I say, he's he's the guy. I mean, he's the guy you want leading your franchise. I think he's gonna be the guy that arrives early, stays late, studies the film, does everything the right way. Uh, so he's a guy you got to pull for. Yeah, but he's not the guy if he's laying on a stretcher being carted out. Because, exactly. I mean, that's why we had to get rid of. Um, Christian McCaffrey. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, no bigger fan than Christian McCaffrey here. But I was like, we are going to get this guy killed. He goes to San Francisco and has stayed a little healthier too. Yeah, he has. But <laughs> I mean, he's, like I, I said, he stayed in, injured at Carolina week to week. But I mean, it's just I don't know. I want the best for my Panthers. I get excited and then I don't. And I was a huge Luke Keekley fan. I don't think there was ever be i've got a cut out of luke keekley at my house like right like brian's got coach guy when it's huge i've never been to a panthers game that's that's one thing i want to go to do you yeah yep i can i might can help you with that hey i mean <laughs> got up early this morning had no school could have slept in this morning uh instead i'm here with you could have been home with my beautiful wife no, man i appreciate it oh i know i know the feeling i left mine i mean on a normal day on a normal day you know, I get up at six thirty, drop Connor off, then he, <laughs> then he has, then I have to get Avery to school, and I'd have been here by seven thirty, and wouldn't even have thought twice about it. And, and that alarm clock went off, and my wife's sleeping in. There's no movement yeah. in the house. I'm like, damn, I'm dumb. <laughs> you know what I, I mean? I, I thought the same thing, but I'm gonna. But I was like, I'm not gonna let Jason down. Thanks, buddy. I appreciate it, man. <laughs> It's hard to believe we met on the football field, and I feel like we've become pretty good friends. Yep. We t- we talk often. We have great conversations just about life and everything in general. But 
I do want to ask you this, and this might be the dumbest thing that that somebody could say, and I'll and I'll own it. But I look at I look at pro football, or even college football, and I understand evaluating talent, and they got people that, that do that. But nobody seems to pay attention to the five guys that I feel like are very important: the offensive linemen. They 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 help you establish a running game. They help extend quarterbacks' careers. Why is it so hard to find those guys? Why? I mean, I understand at a high school level, you only got to pick from what comes through through your doors. I get it. But man, there's got to be a six five guy, two eighty. 300 pounds that can move his feet well that can get the job done or are the defensive line rushers that good i think it's combination uh it's like i tell a lot of a lot of guys coming up everybody which you know obviously be an nfl college lineman you got to have the the size but everybody wants to be the quarterback everybody wants to be the running back and i tell people if you want to go play in college you need to be offensive lineman because only one quarterback plays only one running back plays and you got five offensive linemen so you know i as a coach coming up i was always i grew up playing quarterback but then i took over coaching our offensive line a few years ago now I have a new offensive line coach that's allowed me to go back working with the quarterbacks. But really, coaching those guys gave me an appreciation for those guys. And I'm a big believer it starts up front. Now, if I have if I had my wish, I would love to be spread, four wide, throwing it all over the place, throwing it for 40 touchdowns. But I've learned as a play caller, if you've got an offensive line and you can run the rock, it's a whole lot easier. It makes your life easier. And, you know, that's a good question. I think the defensive linemen are so athletic, though. I mean, you've taken now defensive ends get paid close to what quarterbacks get yeah. paid. So I think it just – it's a tough spot for an offensive lineman. But you would think you could go up to the Midwest and find you some big corn-fed boys and find you a good offensive line. You know, Nebraska, Ohio State, yeah. just, just that area, you know, Iowa. Uh, but – it seems to be a problem, and every team that is good has a good offensive line, and the teams that struggle have a, have a weak offensive line. See, I line. look at now, I look at the, what is it, USFL and, I mean, XFL. I mean, it, that is what it is, but you can't tell me that you can't find a guy there. Or there's a there's a guy at a, at a D2 school that's just a dog. Yep. I mean. That got overlooked. Yeah. So, here's what I'm saying, Carolina Panthers. Let me be that guy that goes and finds that dog for you yeah. at name, name the D2 or D3 school. They're out there somewhere. That that one guy that just can't catch a break. That it, I mean, you take a dog over, over an athletically skilled person that just is going through the motions any day of the week. Let me go find that. That yep. gritty yes. dude, man. Yep. And I I believe they're there just in mean guys. You know what I'm saying? Go get a rugby player. Yes. I mean, because we tell our offensive defense line, when you put your hand in the dirt, it's a fight. It, it, it is, man. It's man on man. You do what you got to do to win the, win, the, win the job. I mean, it's a truly brawl in the trenches. And, and you know, there's got to be that guy out there that can really make a difference. And, you know, it, like I say, it all starts well, I'm glad I'm, I'm glad I'm not as dumb as I think I am. I am because I mean I've always wondered that man. It's just like it's just like that that pitcher in baseball, you know the guy that just 
that's not six three and throws it ninety eight miles an hour. I mean, yeah. there's there's a there's a Greg Maddox out there. There's a Tom Glavin out there that can just get it done. That just competes and because I think everybody in the combine, everybody gets caught up in the measurables. But you know, like I say, you give me that guy that's got the heart and it's got the grit. And, and like I say, the guy you want in a street fight, that's the guys I want on my offensive line. Yeah, that's who I want too, and there's no doubt about it. I mean, let's just battle it out. And there, Man, there's kids and there's guys like that. I mean, there's probably a guy working in a tire shop somewhere that's just country strong that, I mean, you're teaching, get him a little, a little agile footwork, a little bit. Yeah, yeah th- that's just not going to be pushed around. That's now. right. I believe those guys are out there. I just – but I'm glad to hear you say that – you agree somewhat, but I do think too when you got a close to four hundred pound nose tackle, yeah, that can run. I mean, you take <laughs> De- what was it, Dexter Lawrence that was at Clemson. Uh, who was the big kid at Georgia last year? I mean, just a yeah, mammoth. Yeah, I mean, then you got defensive ends that are six four, two sixty that run a four four. I mean, that's a tough matchup. I don't care who you are. Yeah, I mean. Before I got out of my three-point stance, the guy's two steps to the quarterback. What are you talking about? <laughs> exactly. And you know what the snap count is. I mean, it just – hey, man, I'm going to uh, – I'm going to try to get uh, Matt – Matt. I have talked to two Matts this morning, so, so forgive me. I'm going to try to get uh, Brandon Turner with the KPD on just to give us a little update of what his night's been like and what he's got going on. Let me see if I can get him here. The beauties of live radio. I don't know if it's captain or major. He keeps changing his rank all the time. Now joining us on the Spence Automotive guest line. Is it Captain Turner or Major Turner? You change ranks every week. Uh, it's Major Turner this week, but uh, somebody will be captain next week. I don't know. <laughs> get in trouble and hey, get bumped down. What's up, buddy? How are you? Good, man. How are you doing? Good. How's the, uh, how's the night around uh, Kinston been with the storm any any problems any major things going on or did we did we uh get by it pretty unscathed i think we really dodged a bullet with this one uh there has not been any uh anything really to to talk about it's a lot of rain a lot of wind uh haven't seen a lot of power outages haven't seen a lot of trees down some minor flash flooding nothing to really impact our community Good man, we had uh, we had Mary Stroud on earlier, who echoed the same. But I wanted to get it from your um, point of view. But it seems like I saw a lot of people and a lot of uh, city workers and everybody around town doing their part yesterday, which I think is a huge problem sometimes with the keeping the drains clean from all the debris and, and so the stormwater can get to where it needs to go because that really becomes an issue here um, when we get heavy rain, doesn't it? Yes, absolutely. I, I think that the uh, the city streets division getting out and getting ahead of this storm really uh, made a positive impact for us. That's awesome. All right, before I let you go, it's just going to be real quick. Um, I just want to get you in here. Uh, you, you're a friend of mine. You do a lot of great things around here. Um, you're out there serving us. But I wanted to give you the platform just for a minute, uh, Major Turner, to talk about the Battle of the Badges and how successful it was. And uh, – just to keep people informed, because you and I have talked, we're going. You're going to do it again next year. I'm. I'm going to get out there and get dirty with you, because I believe in the cause. And just tell everybody about it that might not have known, um, and and what we can look forward to that going forward. 
Right, so uh, this past year's Battle of the Badges, we uh, were able to host um, eight teams here in Kempston uh, from across the east. You know, we played at uh, the Granger Stadium, the Stort Granger Stadium. The Wood Ducks were gracious enough to let us use their facilities. Uh, the Wood Ducks were there. They had full concessions open. Uh, and the, the reason for the, the benefit was to raise money for some families in need here in our, our city. And we're happy to say that we, I think we raised somewhere around uh, $10,000 was the last count. Uh, we had t-shirt sales. Uh, there were some vendors there. Yeah, it was just a really good time for the two-day two event. How did the uh, KPD softball team do? Uh, well, we finished fourth out of eight. Hey, so, nothing wrong with that. How, how do we get better Can you, by recruiting – New officers that play softball because we're always looking for new officers, right? We're always looking for new officers, and we're definitely looking for the collegiate league uh, baseball talent <laughs> so they can hit a softball. That's awesome. Yeah, that would that would probably put you at the top of the list. All right, and uh, you know you're a you're a partner with me. You help me with security um, for some events we do. Um, mm-hmm. We're partnering with you guys. We're running a recruitment campaign on our radio stations for you right now. So. Before I let you go, just tell tell people how they can join what we're doing here in Kinston and, you know, sell me on wanting to come work for you. Well, the first reason, uh, the first way you can, can join us is, one, you can come down to the station and meet with Sergeant Jay Moody. Uh, Sergeant Moody, he is our um, recruit, recruiting and uh, retention officer. He does a great job, you know, getting information out as well as pulling information in about our agency. Uh, another way is go on our website. Go on our website, uh, click the uh, employment opportunities, and you can scroll down. There should be a police trainee uh, opportunity open as well as a police officer uh, position open for certified uh, applicants. Um, a reason why you would want to join our team is, one, uh, we believe in proactive positive policing in our community. Uh, we enjoy to work, we enjoy to have a good time, and we enjoy to keep our community safe. And it's also a great family atmosphere. You, I don't think you can go anywhere else in the East and get the same kind of family atmosphere that you can get here in Kinston. Well, me living in Kinston, I sure do appreciate it, man. I feel, I feel safe. I love the positive PR that you guys are doing and seeing everything um, that you do rather than speculating. So thanks, buddy. I appreciate you. Uh, coming on in such a short time, and uh, we'll get to see you uh, soon. Thanks, bud. Yes, sir. Thank you. All right, there you go. All clear in Kinston. That's good Good news. Major Turner's one of the good guys, man. He helps me so much with the barbecue festival, what I do when we put on concert, man. He works side by side with me. He's back there with me. I mean, I don't know if I needed whatever. He'd do it for me to make my job easier, man. It's just – it's good to have, know, man. have people like that. Yeah, I mean, this town, you know, gets such a bad rap, but there's guys like him and, and Chief Corrette and all the guys, man, they have just bought in to a situation and wanted to make a difference and make it better here, and I think they're doing a fantastic job. And Sheriff Rogers and everybody on the uh, sheriff's side are doing the same thing. They're, they're actually working together. Yeah, that's what I hear, which, uh, which is go, very good. Go any, anywhere else around and name a sheriff and a police chief that get along and work together instead of pulling against each other. I mean, they don't recruit against each other, not getting officers to switch departments. To, it's almost like it's one organization, man. It's 
I'm telling you, it's different here. Yeah, that's what you need to. I mean, uh, in a community like this, I mean, it's awesome to have them working together. So, what you want to talk about? You want to talk about some? Are you a Braves fan? Yeah, I, like, I love the Braves. Grew let's up talk, watching the Braves. Let's talk about the Braves. Years. We got about, yeah, my math's not working. Thirteen minutes. Thirteen. Yeah, right at thirteen minutes. Yep. So, uh, I'm very superstitious. So Connor and I and a group uh, two years ago we went to um, Atlanta on the way to Tuscaloosa okay. for a boys' weekend, and we went to a Braves game. All the Braves did was get red hot and win the World Series. So we went in May. This is my sales pitch to my wife, by the way. So we went in May, and then they went on a tear, and won all those games in June. We went May twenty second, then they right. got hot and like broke all these records. So I'm thinking I got to go back to Atlanta for a weekend before the postseason starts. Yeah, you got to, got to. I mean, I could be. You might be the key. key I could ingredient. be the reason that they get hot. Just me being a part of it. Yep. But it's very historic what they're doing, Matt. I mean, it's, it's like it's impressive. They just hit, I think, their 250th, and the number might be on home run last night, which is the most embraced single season franchise history, and we're. What thirty games away yeah. from being done? Yeah, I mean, that's crazy. I don't know how else to do it, and and say it. I keep telling my son, I'm like, it's just historic what they're doing. But I hope it. I hope they don't get tired. But yeah, it I hope doesn't, they're not peaking too early. Well, I mean, it happens. I mean, the Dodgers are surging. They won twenty four games and or to have won twenty four games in the month of August. We're going into, I think it's a four game series with them this weekend. I I gotta tell you, I'm a little nervous about it. Yeah, I, I get it. Like I said, because baseball is one of those funny games. The team gets hot at the right time. Might not be the best team, but they they find a way to win. And, you know, that's what you worry about when a team gets gets rolling so early. But if you if you were the coach of the Braves, do you go in, like, all out and try to make a statement these four games out there in L.A.? I'm not saying you mail it in, but do you show all your cards or do you save it for that seven-game series? I, I don't show all my cards. I, I'm the type of guy I'm gonna say I'm gonna save a few wrinkles for the playoffs, and so that's that would see. Be, I'm like that you. would be my approach. I'm I, like I, I, I want to have a few things I can go to that nobody's seen come playoff time. But I want I want that reliever out of the bullpen that's not scared of Freddie Freeman, and it's a horrible matchup for Freddie. And I don't let him get accustomed to seeing his pitches this late in the year before a potential postgame series. I just don't. Yeah, because the more, the more they see them, you know, the advantage is to the uh, hitter. So, I, I'm like you. I don't pull out all my cards. I don't show them what's going to be my strategy come, you know, playoff time. Because, uh, you know, once you get to playoffs, you have certain things that you're going to do a little different. I would not show that this early. But it's kind of hard with the Braves because they hit the ball out of the ballpark. Mm-hmm. They score runs. They run the bases. Hadn't seen a lot of bunting. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. I wouldn't bunt if I had a team like that either. But, I mean, I just don't know that you – I wouldn't. No, no. I'm not saying they mail it in, but, I mean – I mean, well, their offense should be good enough to, to keep to them compete. in the games. Yeah, yeah, they shouldn't have to show show anything else. But I don't just, let, just turn it into a shootout. I don't show my closing strategy. Yep. I don't know that I pitch my closer at all this week, even if it's a close game that you can win. I mean, you're 12 and a half games up in the division. Your magic number is 20. Yeah. I mean – the only thing that you could that could happen is you go out there and you lose all four games, and then the Dodgers catch you yeah, for, for the for overall the seed. Um, so there might be a little something in there. I don't know. I just don't know what I would do. 
I mean, if I had an opportunity to win the game, I'm going into the ninth. I would bring my closer in, but like I say, I would wouldn't show my my matchups, what I was going to do. Yeah. You know, I wouldn't show my middle relievers. You know, my strategy come playoff time. Or maybe you learn something by playing your guys. Yeah, that that makes a difference. All right, we got ten minutes. What you want to talk about? What all, What's all high school mind? all high school football games on for Friday? What's going on? Um, I think it's still up in the air. Okay. Um, obviously there's no, it's a lot of non-conference games, so they're in the same boat you were. Yeah. Um, then Labor Day weekend officials. Yeah. Um, you know, they're not going to make it up on Saturday. I think they'll be okay to play tomorrow night. Yeah, I think so Um, too. I mean, I I feel like all the fields should be in good shape. Yeah. I I mean, I talked to Diesel and he seemed to think they were okay for tomorrow night. Mm Um, I know North Lenore was having, um, some issues with officials. I don't know why they were originally scheduled to play tonight. Too. I know I talked to uh, our booking agent on the way here this morning, and uh, he told me he had the games on Saturday and Tuesday. And he had, he had mentioned us why? playing on a Saturday, but I mean, why would you play on also, Tuesday? Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah, and I mean, you what turn are, around and play on Friday. What are the rules? I mean, how many days break do you have to have? Is there to, a rule? Uh, to my knowledge, there's not a rule. So you technically could play back to back if you had. I don't think I've never heard it done. Tuesday's about as late as you would go turn around and play on a Friday, but that's tough. I mean, and it's just a different. My sport, philosophy man. is I'm always looking for the for the conference and playoffs, and I wouldn't play on a Tuesday and a Friday for non conference. But you know, you know, whatever works. Well, I mean, I could see it later in the year if yes, we have exactly. another hurricane. Got and, to. And for conference. I mean, I can see that, but you're right. These non-conference games, I understand wanting to get the reps. You want the kids to get out there. But, I mean, it's just it's not worth it in the long run to me. No. No, I think there's more to lose than there is to gain by doing that. But, I mean, the only reason they would play Tuesday is because Monday's a holiday. So, right. I mean, I guess it's um, – that's the only option if they couldn't play on and, a Friday. And, and, you know, playing on a Saturday, Labor Day weekend, that's that's asking a lot as well. Well, there's two, there's two ways to look at it. They would have played Friday last week, so that's seven, eight, nine, ten. I mean, you're talking about 11 days off before yeah. you play. So, I don't know, man. There's so many different things, but I don't know. I don't know what I would do. But these – you and I talked about it off the phone and without bashing anybody or – it's a real problem, the official situation here in Eastern North Carolina, isn't it? Yes, it is. If, if there's anybody out there that's ever looked into that, I know they're looking officials. I mean, we need them. And, you know, I think it's unfortunate because, you know, you go to a game, you hear what people say to the officials. I mean, I can't blame people for not wanting to go into that line of work. Well, football's different, though, Matt. I mean, they're far enough away. You're right. You're right. I mean, you hear it, but you don't. Yeah. It's not like basketball, a guy sitting on, on row First two, row, and yeah. he can touch you your back pocket, so you're hearing everything. So, I mean, football's a little different, but, I mean, man, I've seen – I don't want to be that guy that fusses about the officials. I can do it because I don't really have – like, I don't want you to do that, and I don't think you would. But, man, there's some blatant missed calls when I'm on the sidelines of these games, like just knocking receivers off routes, which is a huge deal and, and, and a timing thing, or – this horse collar tackle has just gotten out of control. Like, we all know what a horse collar is. A horse collar is when you grab, grab somebody the by the, the back of the shoulder. But you said it. The back of the shoulder, not, not the, the side, not the jersey. It's when you grab him by the collar and you pull him backwards. 
And it's just gotten to the point where everybody's yelling every hit from the side or when you grab somebody around the shoulder. Horse collar, horse collar, horse collar. It's not a horse collar. No, no, you're exactly right. But then you see one, and you're like, why didn't he? Like, that's as clear coat as you get, and they and they don't. And then, you know, holding penalties, just holding penalties on every play. On every play, but I don't really have a problem with a holding penalty, and and it's going the other way that doesn't affect the play. But when it's on the side, it's doing, and the edge is sealed, and your defense or, or your offensive tackle or tight end's got the guy wrapped up and where he can't seal the edge, that's a hold. You got to call that every time, and I just. Yeah, I mean, it's a tough job, you know, seeing it live. Uh, you know, I think, you know, Jim Rouse does a great job with the officials here in our area. You know, I think I hear more complaints about some of the other areas than our area because I can well, tell that's you. that's good news. Uh, when we, we go to some of these uh, other areas and play for the different associations, Jim Rouse does a good job. He's got really good officials. Good. That's all I'll say. So how does it, like, explain to me, like, trick plays and stuff or in football. Do you do you normally go up to an official and say, hey, I've got this in the playbook. Um, uh, before every. Um, this is going to look funny, but I promise you it's within the guidelines, so don't freak out when you see this. Yeah, before every game they, they'll ask you any any plays we need to know about, any any trick plays. And you know, uh, obviously, if I have one this this that I might look different that you know everybody doesn't do, I'll tell them. You know, and if I'm playing another team, I'll say, "Hey, watch this." You know, because I mean, it's eight man football. We've had teams throw the linemen. I mean, so you have to, you have to, <laughs> you yeah. I mean, try to. I mean, we've had two people that you know throw the ineligible receivers, and sometimes because we don't have the number rule and things such as that, it's tough on an official. So I try to point those things out. If I know teams that are doing that, I'll be on the sideline. When I see them go to that formation, I'm calling it out, letting the official know. So, I mean, yeah, yeah, that is something the officials do ask. So, you know, we let them know when we're going awesome. I've, I've always wondered how that works because, you know, I've only coached on the rec level, and I'm like screaming. You know, because at direct level, they got the stripes on the head, and, and they're like, uh, you know, they got to be inside the tackle box. And then you get one outside edge, and he's just an athlete. And I'm, I'm like, but by the rules, he's supposed to be inside the tackle box. Doesn't mean he can't, but he's got to start head up to tackle. He can't, yeah, he can't be outside shoulder. And I'm, and I'm looking at the line. I'm like, just giving them the business. And I'm like, guys, I'm not asking for anything. I'm just asking for you to play by the rules because these this is this was the rule book I was given. This is how I've taught my kids and I expect to play by those rules and don't want to have anything surprising to me, but it's not always the case, is it? No, it's not. I coached uh rec football last year for the first time. We ran into that, you know, that's a big thing, you know. Sometimes you go to different areas. I know in Green County we, we would go to Rocky Mount, we'd go to Wayne yeah. County and yeah, sometimes the rules aren't exactly the same, you know. Uh, so that does make it tough. Uh, but, uh, yeah, I just want to – we're all playing by the same rules. So I want you to hold them to the to the standard and hold us as well. Yeah, I mean, that's what I tell – that's what I tell everybody in all these coaches' meetings I go to. Everybody thinks I'm a jerk. But, man, I read that rule book. When they give it to me and we have those meetings and, and we're going through it, I read the rule book. I don't read a lot of other things, but I feel like I owe that to the kids – that are playing for me, like I, like I have to know. And then the caveat is, 
I want to I want to push that envelope within the rules as much as I can as a coach to give my kids that competitive advantage. And then when I hold the officials to it, everybody thinks I'm just, oh, I got a bone to pick and I'm arguing at the officials. But I put the work in. My kids have put the work in. I just want it to be right. Yep, exactly. All right, let me press this at the right time, Brian said. What we've oh, got here not, is. Not that one. This is going to be a train, failure to communicate. train wreck, by the way. Trick and I don't know how to stop it. But anyway, convincing let me see. He didn't exist. Yeah, this is his intro. So yeah, yeah I, I hear it. I hear it. Brian was supposed to label this. It works. Come on, Brian. Every time. Everyone and in I'm, this room geez. is now dumber for having listened to it. So we'll just listen to this I and talk. No points, but yeah, and may God have I mean that's the first so, mistake in an hour. I mean that's hey. pretty good. Yeah. So and I honestly don't. I don't know how to turn it off. I can pot it down a little bit. But now the timing for the whole show's messed up because of his outro. We got 20 seconds, man. Thank you, dude. Yes, sir. I appreciate you having me. I couldn't have done this without you. I'm ready to hit stop on this because I've had a Mountain Dew and two bottles of water over here, and we all know what's coming next. So thanks, man. We're going to get on out of here. This has been fun. Thank you, Matt. Go Parrot, and we will see you um, tomorrow here on the Brian Hank Show.